At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. This episode of Business Inspires is brought to you by the village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Find everything you need at marblecliff.org. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning. Here's Michelle Wilson. Hi there, this is Michelle Wilson with the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership, and I'm excited today to have Kelly Riedel with uh, Meta Psychology Group with me today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. You guys have been longtime uh, Tri-Village Chamber members and um, big supporters of our events and, and things that we do here at the Chamber that support our business community at large. So I want to thank you for that and um, really just get to know you a little bit. So we typically start this with a question about what you wanted to be when you grew up and how does that maybe tie into what you're doing today or not? Okay. Well, um, when I was young, I always told everybody who asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? A a pediatrician. I have always loved babies and children and being around them. um, And I thought that was definitely what I wanted to do. However, um, once I got into college, I realized once I got into the midst of chemistry and biology, that although I enjoyed it, it wasn't maybe necessarily something that I could foresee myself doing, kind of going into um, post-grad work. So I went to the Career Center at, at John Carroll University, and I spoke with a career counselor there and took some personality tests and some career assessment measures and found that psychology was actually a good fit for my personality and my areas of interest. So I um, took my first psychology class and loved it and was very excited and knew you know this was going to be the best fit for me because you know I, I think... Most of my friends probably say that um, I tend to be a good listener. I'm the one who's always listening and they're talking and, you know, chime in on occasion. Um, But I, and I love helping others. It's always been a passion of mine. And so between the sciences and having the opportunity to look more into kind of people's, I don't know, I guess I have a strong interest in wanting to understand what makes up a person, what makes a person think and how they behave and maybe life experiences that they've had over time, whether it be family life experiences or relationships that they've had that drive them then to, you know, make certain decisions or behave in certain ways. And uh, I've always wanted to help people who are struggling, people who are suffering and offer them maybe some ways of looking at life a little bit differently or more objectively so that they can take action and empower themselves to be successful, to be happy, or to, you know, strive to achieve whatever they set out to do. Good. So you knew that after one class. That's a lot. (laughs) Well, I knew that I (laughs) I really um, enjoyed kind of the the clinical psychology, Mm -hmm. um, abnormal behaviors, and learning more about depression and anxiety. Because I think, you know, growing up, I had some family members who struggle with depression and anxiety. And, you know, just seeing people who are struggling, um, you know, one thing I, I grew up 
as an only child with a single mom um, who worked really hard. And I think she she was very independent and, and um, driven and worked full time. But she always, you know, she always tried to show me good work life balance. Um, but I she also always wanted to encourage me to see, you know, volunteer. So she would take me to the local YMCA. And I, I even remember one year we did um, a turkey trot volunteering and um, there was an exchange student who was there um, and did not have a place to go on Thanksgiving. And so she invited him. And I, oh, at the time nice. I was a teenager, I was like, mom, is this the right thing you want to do? <laughs> we don't know this person, but um, it ended up being a really good experience. So she, I think she really taught me to, you know, put effort toward getting to know people, people of all walks of life, and that there's lots of people out there that maybe don't have the things that maybe I was growing up with or that I, you know, just mm-hmm. ways that I could help others. Um, and so she was always exposing me to, to experiences like that. And I appreciate that because I think that helped me to have more empathy for, you know, many people and um, to be able to try and understand people's life experiences and, and maybe offer or try and help, try and understand, be in their shoes a little bit to understand what they're going through. Sure. And so have you seen, um, I mean, certainly I'm, I'm guessing from a clinical standpoint, you've seen things change, but have you seen a change in um, with, with all of the awareness that seems to be taking place Um, and focus on mental health issues in, you know, media and um, just generally in schools. Have you, have you noticed a change of people being more forthcoming and perhaps seeking your services out or your, your, your colleague services out and there being less of a stigma? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Absolutely. Um, well, I will say that our our business is doing well. And so that's, I think, a good indication that people are more open to coming and seeking help. And I do work with a lot of children and adolescents, and I hear them in my sessions sharing with me that they have their counselor coming in, teaching them mindfulness exercises, talking about um, gender and individuals who are maybe mm-hmm. transitioning, mm-hmm. Um, you know, just really trying to educate students in understanding and being more sensitive to mental health related. Um, you know, mental health topics and helping them to know that they can reach out. I have, um, I hear lots of kids talking about going to groups that are offered through the schools about divorce or, you know, dealing with sadness or anxiety, and they seem to be open to it. Um, Some of them are a little wary at first, but, you know, they they go and they realize that there's other kids that they may know, Mm -hmm. and it's a good feeling because it normalizes what they're experiencing and it, it, you know, takes away the stigma of this is, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And there's help that you can get. Sure. So, and I think too, you know, with our space that we, we created at, at Meta, we really wanted to create a very inviting space um, for individuals to come and feel just safe mm-hmm. and non-judged and um, relaxed so that they can be in a space to um, grow forward. That's kind of one of our I don't know, not mottos that we use, but it's a um, influential statement that we have created to, you know, to help people see that they, there's lots of ways to grow forward. And I think the first step is just coming to see how they can go about doing that Good. and being exposing their vulnerabilities. That's the hardest, sure. I think, part of, you know, talking to someone who you don't know from Adam, right? Right. Well, and I think that, you know, I, I think you and, and certainly some of your colleagues work with teenagers. And, you know, I think perhaps 
this could be completely wrong, but it seems to me like when kids are a little bit younger, they're, they're more open to adult input and, um, maybe being more open with you. And then it seems because of being a mom of a teen at the moment that, um, you know, they, they start to become a little closed off. They start to become a little more vulnerable. They don't want to say that they feel abnormal and Mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes there. Um, so it's harder for them to perhaps come forward. Is that, somewhat accurate that is very accurate um although some some teens are in a space where they're ready sometimes they i will hear their parents say that they ask to come and get help whereas others may may not necessarily be in the right space and Mm -hmm. i think that's why it's so important to have a good fit with a, a therapist or a psychologist to know that you can you know over time build a strong trusting relationship and eventually you know maybe sometimes you're able to break down some of the walls that may be preventing you from initially wanting to delve into more you know deeper areas of sure. you know one's identity or yeah. or you know thoughts and feelings yeah so. and i would think that as i mentioned earlier maybe it's changing maybe it's getting a little bit better where there's less of a stigma or less um barrier for people to come forward because it's being talked about a little bit more and there's a little more light being shed on it mm-hmm. um do you find that there is sometimes resistance just within an own uh, with one family that maybe this child is feeling as though they're depressed or they have anxiety but the parent is perhaps resistant to that and you have to deal with both of those things in mm-hmm. in a setting Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, there are lots of different, um, lots of different families who come in with different dynamics, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's challenging in my role as a psychologist. Because when you are meeting with a teenager, one of the most important things is creating a safe space for them to come and talk and. For them to know or he or she to know that we may not be sharing information with their parents, that that is something, you know, that's sacred to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in the same respect, it's important that we are able to communicate to parents, too, that, you know, this is serious and maybe this child or adolescent needs help and mm-hmm. they may be in denial or resistant to it. And so it's trying to navigate the the, the confidentiality pieces, um, building respect, and really trying to relay your clinical, you know, opinion on what you think is necessary in order for the adolescent to, you know, get better. Right. So and I feel like I'm focusing a little bit too much on adolescence, so I apologize for that, but it's fascinating to me. And But I'm assuming that's when you and your team can then pull together and try to figure out a good plan or... Yes. Okay. Yep. So you all seem to bring, I read through some bios, and you all seem to bring... Uh, similar yet very specific strengths to your team. So let's talk about your team. Yes, yes. Well, and we do, just in addition to our team, you know, we do try to... Um, work in a, a collaborative fashion, meaning so if we are seeing someone who needs some, let's say, um, psychiatry support, we reach out to the psychiatrist and try to very much have phone conversations to, you know, it's all about coordination of care, speaking with school counselors to support the student if they're looking into getting, you know, some accommodations at school mm-hmm. um, or even talking with their general practitioner. So it, it's about working together really as a team in order to offer a more holistic approach to to, to treatment. But in, in terms of our team, uh, we have six women at our practice um, who are all really wonderful. I couldn't really... Yeah, I, they are. I, I am very <laughs> grateful to have um, such an amazing team. Um, we met us, started off with um, Dr. Kirby and, and Dr. Ribic. Um, 
Dr. Kirby and I are long-term friends. We went to grad school together. Okay. And she and I have always talked and dreamed of having our own private practice together. But once we graduated and went off to do our postdocs, we were living in, you know, eventually living in different cities. And so we did our own private, or we did, um, we worked in private practices with others. Um, and then uh, Dr. Ripick and I were working together um, in another group practice. And I think it was just a matter of career timing where the stars seemed to align, where conversa- conversations started happening uh, between Dr. Kirby and Dr. Ribic and myself. And we said, let's do it. So um, we worked really, really hard, long hours, coming up with, you know, putting our visions together. I think we all had our own visions of what we had hoped our private practices to be someday. And amazingly, we all kind of had similar ideas. Um, and so it, it made the the process pretty, obviously, um, it was an arduous experience. Of but, course. <laughs> but um, it was totally worthwhile and we got along really well. And it's been a nice partnership because, it's kind of majority roles. If one of us doesn't necessarily agree with something, then we have the other two, which doesn't often happen happen very often. But you know, it just helps with decision making and moves, moves sure. things along. Um, so, anyways, we had our three, and then um, we had some other colleagues who we've known for many years who were interested in coming along into the practice. And so we had Dr. Karlovec and Miss Clusis um, join us, and then about a year later, Dr. Johnson came along as well. And she was actually, um, a colleague and friend of Emily's. They had known each other from their children at school. And so she joined the group and she's been really an amazing addition. And, um, you know, I go to work every day and I just walk in and one feel so grateful that, you know, this is our space that we've created Mm -hmm. and that we can bring individuals in of all walks of life. And I, I, not to, you know, we've, we've had lots of clients come in and say like, your space is so nice. It's so welcoming and warm and the decor is really lovely. I could just sit here for hours and listen to music and do what I need to do. And so that, that helps us to, to know that the time and effort that we put into things is really, really paying off. And and it's a space that people, you know, really feel that they can be safe. And And you're achieving what you set out to achieve just right there with the atmosphere. So that's great. I saw that um, when I was doing a little bit of research, Dr. Karlovec, mm-hmm. um, I am not positive, but I think Dr. Karlovec may have had some Grandview roots. Yes. Okay, then, uh, right. And I was really um, fascinated and really pleased to read that she was so involved um, years ago in the pre- suicide prevention efforts mm-hmm. in the state. That's really, that's fascinating that, you know, it, it's not been around that long, but it's clearly a problem that's affected our society for many, many years. Absolutely. And I don't know all the details to that, but I do know that, yes, she was very involved within Mm -hmm. the community and she lived there for many years um, and obviously was impacted. I I don't know if her children were attending Grandview at the time, um, but she has spoken of it. And I know that she's done a lot of prevention work for suicide and has been very involved in this, or was very involved in the schools back then. Yeah. um, What a wealth of experience you have between now all six of you. Absolutely. Yeah. And she, she has some experience in, in EMDR as well. She's been trained for that as well, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Oh. And it's a technique that's used for um, individuals who have, tra- have um, been traumatized in some way, but it can also be utilized for anxiety and depression 
and other kind of uh, mental health disorders. And so uh, I think she's amazing with what she does. And it's an amazing um, process that occurs for an individual who is dealing with trauma. Um, they go through it and often really reap amazing benefits from um, their time going through the process. So. Sure. Well, that's that's fascinating. So tell me about um, Meta itself. Where is it? Where can people find you, on, you know, physically and on the web? And how do they get in touch with you if if somebody is out there and and, and needs to perhaps see somebody or thinks that they do? What's sure. the process that they have to go through? Well, I did, when you said, what is Meta itself, I did want to also yeah. um, share too, because um, in informing the, the practice, we went through so many names trying to figure out what do we want to name it? And we finally came upon Meta. And Meta um, has its definition from the Pali language, and it's about the attitude of you know cultivating loving kindness for yourself and others. Um, and it, it's something that you know I think we all very much believed in, and we wanted to offer that to our, our clients as well because you know we're hurting when we come in often, and part of our work is is helping to or helping individuals to explore how they can be more loving to themselves and offer them the support, you know, that they need in order to, to feel better. Um, so I think meta is something that we all believe in clinically, but we also try and practice it, you know, in our daily lives, um, as moms and as spouses and who we interact with throughout the day. I know we've, we've had ongoing conversations about that, um, and the importance of it. Um, so I just wanted to, would well, do you to, find that that's different uh, or it's, difficult, more difficult to achieve right now than perhaps when you started? I mean, have, have circumstances changed that, or, or is it about the same? And it's just, it just depends on the individual of how they deal with, um, self. I, I think it's, it, it, um, yes, I think it's very difficult to achieve. I think, especially with everything that's going on in society, we've had a mm -hmm. lot of Clients coming in um, very distraught over the Kavanaugh hearings and, you know, just various issues that the are popping up. School shootings that school, we hear yes. about every single day, you they, know. You're and, constantly challenged um, to right. kind of reassess your perspectives on mm -hmm. life, what's important to you, how you cope with trauma um, and, and tragedy. So, yes, I think it's a constant struggle for mm -hmm. all of us. But I think what's most important is if you can kind of bring yourself back to it. That's why we like to meta because it has a lot of meaning to it. We've actually tried to create an acronym from it to, to help. If you can just bring yourself back to what meta means, then that maybe helps with just a small perspective shift in your day where you're feeling rushed or you're, you know, feeling upset about something that you can bring yourself back, take a, a deep breath and then say, all right, how do I want to proceed? And I think that's something that is a, a tool that we offer to our clients. It's something that I try and practice myself as I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, right. taking care of my three <laughs> kids and trying to get to the practice and yeah. be present, you know, just as, you know, moving from work to, to family life and just trying to be mindful of all those things. Sure. So if, if we could actually just simplify such um, complex issues that are going on in our worlds, if we could actually just simplify that, it would be meta. Yes. And loving yourself and taking care of others. Yeah. And even if we can't practice it all the time, I think if we could do it for two minutes a day, you know, yeah. that, that a would starting help. point. Yeah, exactly. Great. Exactly. So in terms of your 
previous question yes. with um, Meta. Meta is located at the Five Points in Upper Arlington. We feel so grateful that we're in that location because it's growing tremendously and we actually all kind of live around that area. And so we know the community well and we have kids who go to school there in, in the schools. And so we're constantly talking to school counselors and teachers and, and, and not necessarily talking about the practice, but just getting to know people, Mm -hmm. um, and letting them know maybe who we are or that we're out there. Um, if they need us that we're not far. Um, so we're right by across the street from the get go. And, um, and there's a new Ohio health place there. I mean, you're like you said, it's booming. There's a lot going on in that area. And at some point that old Lazarus Macy's building, there'll be something there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We, we look forward to that, but then we'll probably be dealing with a lot more traffic. So that's true. That's true. Whatever it is. Yes. But good. And how about website? Website. Um, Mm -hmm. we are at metapsych.com. Pretty easy to find. We have our bios listed there. We have some definitions regarding our mission and some lots of resources for individuals and families and couples and um, some articles there that we've posted. I was just going to refer to the articles. There's some really nice articles on there that people could maybe just peruse and get an idea of some of the things that you talk about. And um, certainly I would welcome everybody, uh, or I would encourage everybody to give you a call, visit the website and take a look at what you have going on because it really is a beautiful space. You guys have done a great job. And certainly to encourage people to you know, not resist making that call because you're there and you're, I know you're very welcoming to everybody. Thank you very much. Yeah, so I think the, the articles are a good way to kind of learn a little bit more about who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, are meant to kind of speak to maybe what individuals are going through and just help, you know, take the stigma out of coming to see somebody and talking about, you know, growing forward. So great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank Appreciate you for you having here. me. At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Smoldering. Slinky. Seductive. Streamlined. Spellbinding. Ever notice how some of the most alluring descriptions seem to begin with the letter S? So perhaps it's no coincidence that S-Line, Audi's most stylish trim, does too. Take the A7 Sportback S-Line. With its added standout, there's another one, details, it's pure Audi. Just even more sporty, stealthy, sleek, striking, swish, sublime, sultry, swoony. The supremely stylish Audi A7 Sportback S-Line. Test drive yours at an Audi centre near you, or search Audi S-Line. Audi, Vorsprung durch Technik.